When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome into the Arrowhead Attic Podcast Thursday edition. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam here to preview Chiefs at Jaguars. Kansas City's going on the road. Got a lot of road games coming up, uh, but this is a big one after a really tight overtime win against the Titans on Sunday Night Football. We're going to get into all of that, but first, pleasantries. How you doing, Verderam? I am fine. I'm finishing eating a gummy bear. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I just, uh, you know, we have campfires out here sometimes in the summer. And so I got a bunch of, of s'more uh, stuff on hand and I can't help but like every once in a while, I just grab like a graham cracker and like break off a piece of chocolate and go to town on it. Sometimes I even pull out the marshmallow. So I just did that right before the show. I needed to get myself a little energy, hit that, hit that mid afternoon wall. So I'm feeling, uh, feeling good. I'm feeling energized. I hear you. I, um, my wife loves s'mores to an unhealthy degree. I actually, for our anniversary gifts, which I know your anniversary is coming up this weekend, 10 years, yeah. congratulations. Thank you, sir. Um, so, you know, there's like a theme for all these things, which I didn't know until the first one, which I didn't I didn't get a, a theme gift because I had no idea what was happening. But for the last one we had, it was like, I think it was like like a wooden theme or something. So I got her a, I got her a thing that said like Steph S'mores Bar, and it was like it's inside the house. It has a little Bunsen burner. You can just make s'mores anywhere you are. Oh, that's cool. Um, and she loves it. The downside is we constantly have full-size Hershey bars and graham crackers. I'm not a marshmallow guy. Don't hate them. Just don't love them. Yeah. So my so my my s'more is just a chocolate bar between two graham crackers and love it to, yeah. a, to an unhealthy point. I feel like gra- graham crackers are really underrated. They're very good. There's a food. Very good. I love the chocolate ones. Yeah, yeah. The sugar on, oh my God. Yeah, man. yeah. You're not kidding. Crack. You know, that, that anniversary stuff, man, I'll tell you. Like, I was looking at it. If you go back, they have like, there's like the new, there's like the old traditional anniversary gift, like what you're supposed to do. And it's like normal shit, right? Like it's like paper and tin and aluminum and like wood, it progresses. Uh, And we did that for the first few years. And I'm looking at the, uh, you know, I'm looking at the the new ones. If you Google this, they'll have like, here's the new age ones. It's like, you get to 10 years. And it's diamond. Uh, like, it's not. Good. What the? I'm still paying off the the damn engagement ring. Yeah, from ten years ago. And you, I've got to get diamonds again. And you go through it, and it's like every every two years, like sapphire, emerald. And I'm like, I'm like, I, yep. I don't know, man. Feels feels like a woman came up with that one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like I, you know one. what? I remember. Uh, God, we must be married for a year or two, maybe. And her family has this tradition of going into Chicago and staying for the weekend every year and it's great we have a great time and one year like right where we stay is down near the diamond district which is where i I bought steph's engagement ring and so you know there's that whole like you have the wedding band and then you have the engagement ring and then sometimes you can get like the like the other i don't know if there's an actual term for this but the other like form of the engagement ring so like it it creates like a, a thing of like three rings together um you know two to two bands with the ring in the middle right so she was like, oh, you know, one day I'd love to get the other band or whatever. And we were down there. I was like, oh, what the hell? It's, it's Christmas. Let's fine. Let's just get it. And went there. 
And it was it was significantly more than my wedding band because hers has diamonds all over it. And so it was one of those things like in my head. I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then we got there and they told us what the price was. And she was all excited. And I was like, well, <laughs> too far down this road now to turn back. So, okay. Uh, it was the most expensive Christmas I've ever had in my life. But uh, yeah, these things happen. Yeah, the, the anniversaries, uh, it, it's like it's nice, but then it turns into what could potentially be just a massive ripoff at some point. Jewelry's no joke, man. I mean, no. it is like it is pricey, um, but it's cool. It's fun. It's fun to splurge every once in a while on, on your loved one. Um, speaking of splurging, yeah. something that you I recommend you splurge on if you're in the Kansas City area is Kansas City Beer at KC Beer Co. Our sponsors for this podcast, they've been with us for a long time. They're going to be with us all throughout the year. We're super excited to have them on board as a sponsor. Just absolutely delicious beer. Their Fest beer this time of year is really good. I'm a big fan of the Dunkel. All German brew styles. You hear us talk about them all the time. Uh, So definitely check out the Kansas City Beer Company. Give them a shout out on Twitter for us and help us out. It's at KC Beer Co. on Twitter. And let them know you heard about their beer on our podcast. And dare to the beer different. People in the chat are saying, you know, all hail KC Beer. I I appreciate it. And shout out to everybody in the chat, especially all of our members, uh, Arrowhead Attic members. If you want to be part of the community that we're building here, uh, hang out with us tonight, much Thursday Night Football on the private Discord. God knows you'll need somebody to talk to because it's, uh, it's, it's Panthers Falcons. Um, I tweeted earlier, should I watch Panthers Falcons or scoop my eyeballs out with a spoon? What do you think, Vertoram? Uh, I think it's more painful to watch this game. I'm going over to Buddy's house, and it is, it is not going to be good. I'm going to bring over like three or four Coronas, and we're going to sit there and eat pizza. And I, I frankly do not want to watch this game. Um, I'm, I'm, it, it's just, you know, I know why they have to have every team play on Thursday night if they're going to do a Thursday night package because it's only fair. You can't have a team playing four Thursday night games. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, but some of these matchups are just brutal. Like they're so, so bad. Like I, The only thing that makes this game interesting is both these teams are just such a train wreck that you never know what's going to happen. But And Atlanta somehow is tied for first place. Like the game actually does matter for the playoff picture because the NFC South is so bad. But oof, oof. Yeah. I, I'll tell you right now, I'm watching the Devils until uh, that game's over. <laughs> then I will go to my buddy's house and watch the, uh, the the last three quarters of that mess. You know, I mean, I've got some sympathy for them because it's it's you know they don't know necessarily who's going to be good and who's going to be complete garbage. When they knew these teams were going to be good. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's hey, fair. You know, but like I don't know. It, it, would you rather see a, a matchup of two teams who stink and so like it might be competitive or would you rather see like the Bills play, you know, or the Chiefs play one of these teams and just steamroll them? Uh, no, I hear you. There's there's uh, there's an argument. Lucas, by the way, jumping in the chat, going after the Devils again. Did it earlier today. Lucas, listen, I understand. They're 10-3. and three. I'd be upset too if I wasn't a Devils fan. Um, I'm just giving you crap. You've been to three straight finals. The Devils have not stepped the final decade. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's... I'd rather just see two good teams play for once. That would be nice. Um, I'm also really annoyed that the Devils got flexed into Sunday Night Football. Um, it's just the Devils, Jesus. The uh, the uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs. I'm sorry. Yeah. That would that would have been interesting though if the Devils got flexed in. That the Chiefs got it flexed in next week uh, with the Chargers game because as much as I enjoy the Chiefs in prime time, that in, that ensures I'm working till three a.m. Right. So um, could have done without that. Could have done without that game getting flexed in. And because it's against the Chargers, you just know it's going to be a circus. 
Like it's it's just always is. Every game that that team plays is a crap show. You know this game is going to turn into. It. Obviously, we've got to get through the Jaguars game first. We're going to talk about it here over the next hour. But um, I saw that she's got flexed. I was like, all right, that means three hours of sleep before Tuesday, <laughs> or, you know, or it was before Monday. So yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a long long weekend next weekend. It's fun though, like especially when they win, because we've got to do the podcast afterwards, and I should say we get to do the podcast afterwards. It's so much fun, and when the Chiefs win those games, like I'm, I'm good with it. Like it's a late night, and it's it's tiring, and you know I'm getting to bed after midnight, but it it's fun to party with everybody on the chat after they win, or like rage with everybody after they lose. And we had a lot of that early last season. As a fan, would you prefer a Sunday night kick? Like, if you didn't have to work, you just sit back, you watch the game, and then you go to right. bed. Yeah. Listen, as a fan, I'm all for it. Um, but, like, for me, after I'm done with the night with the podcast, then I have to finish stacking the box to column, and then I have to cut a bunch of videos for the morning. So, like, it's it's just, oh, it's tough. It's tough. But listen, if they win, it's, it's still fine. Whatever. Uh, if they lose, it becomes difficult. By the way, I fully expect that they're going to get flexed in when they play the Bengals. Because they're eligible to be flexed in one more time. And I don't know if you've looked at that schedule that week. The games, by and large, stink. Okay? Miami-San Francisco is a good game. Everything else is atrocious that week. Buffalo plays New England, but it's on Thursday night. So that game's staying where it is. New Orleans plays Tampa. That's on Monday. That's staying where it is. The rest of these games are, I mean, like the dregs of football just over and over. Tennessee at Philly is a good game. Fair enough. But that's not going to get flexed. The Sunday night game that week currently is Dallas, which is like, oh, hey, Dallas, Indianapolis. There's no way that game is staying in Sunday night football. And NBC is going to go, hey, cheese Bengals, Burrow Mahomes, awesome. So I, I that game's 100% going to be in Sunday night football. Yeah, you would think so. Repeat of the AFC championship game. Hopefully a different result. Chiefs got to get, get off the schneid against the Bengals. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. Their food. What she discovered that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that by just adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. If you want to see a dog, your dog, with more energy, healthier skin and coat, looking and acting younger, then this is for you. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to BadlandsFood.com forward slash arrowhead and watch Catherine's video right now again that's b-a-d-l-a-n-d-s-f-o-o-d.com forward slash arrowhead when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Listen, everybody, we're going to get into some of the discussions here and talk about the AFC, but 
have a sort of really cool, exciting announcement. We've been teasing this on the podcast for a couple of weeks now, and it looks like it's going to happen, bearing any unforeseen circumstances. But uh, we're working out the details right now. The Arrowhead Attic podcast is coming to the Kansas City area to do a live show this season. That's right. We're going to be at Tanner's Bar and Grill, and we're coming out on December 11th for the Chiefs Broncos Sunday night football game, which hopefully doesn't get flexed out. If it does, we'll see you in the afternoon. Um, lots of details to come, but we're going to be out there. We're really excited. Uh, we've wanted to do something like this for a long, long, long time. Um, so we're going to be working with uh, Casey Beer out there. Uh, it's going to be an absolute fucking party. Come out, get to meet us in person. We're going to do the thing that we always do for these live, you know, for the for the big primetime games. We'll have a you know pre-show. We'll do a halftime show, and then we'll have a, the big post-game show. We're going to be your hosts for the evening. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be specials raffles we're gonna be giving shit away we're gonna be betting on the game it's gonna be an absolute blast so mark your calendars you guys gotta back us up this is a big place all right and uh (laughs) if we go out there and nobody shows up they're not gonna have us back so we need you guys to have our back and and of course we want to meet you all um we're really really excited to meet some of the people that um we haven't had a chance to meet yet who have become good friends of ours, whether it be our members in the discord or, or just our regular viewers of, of, of the podcast. Um, and uh, somebody asked, Oh, Tom says, will Casey barbecue be there? They've got food. I haven't dove into the menu yet, but it looks like your, your typical kind of uh, pub fare. Um, but I think it's really close to uh, it's on the Kansas side of the border. Um, it's uh, da, 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 da. maybe you can guys can go scout it for us. Um, uh, 3,900 rainbow Boulevard. Uh, in Kansas City, Kansas, uh, it's not too far from a Joe's, I believe. So, um, yeah, that that you can get your barbecue fixed there if you want. But of course, come hang out with us. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be absolutely awesome. We'll have more details coming, and we'll have a way for you guys to maybe uh, kind of RSVP, and um, there may, may you may even get a, a prize if you do that and you actually show up with your ticket. So we're super excited. We had a meeting about it today. We're gonna be talking about it next week. We got four weeks to plan it. So we hope to see you all out there. Uh, at Tanner's Bar and Grill, um, it's going to be Verter, and people are going to see you in person. What do you think? Uh, how do you think that's going to go? I think people are going to want me to stay uh, off camera and behind the mic after that, <laughs> and I, I don't blame them. Um, it's no way to go to life. Uh, Thomas is saying, "Come to Vegas, Thomas. I'll be the next year for the Super Bowl." Um, yeah. yeah, I I'm excited. I love going to Kansas City. Um, I felt like I was pretty much doing it annually until COVID happened. And then yeah. the world shut down. Yeah. Uh, Zach, can you meet Matt? Uh, well, I'll be there. I, well, Connor is Connor go, coming coming out? Think, yeah, we got to we got to work it out. But hopefully, we can get the crew okay. out. So yeah, I was gonna say Zach. I don't know which Matt. I don't want to. I don't want to promise for Connor, but for me, I'll be there. Yeah. Um, so it'll be uh, it'll be great. I can't wait. I'm gonna eat enough barbecue to to basically take down a village. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be one of those trips you get back and you've gained like nine pounds because all the sodiums just retain the water. Yep, and at that point, it's like it's just you've you've just given up on life. Um, I look for everybody's always like, oh, you got to hit this place, you got to hit that place. That's a loser's ballot. You got to hit all those places. That's right. Uh, you know, and yeah. just, and just basically just sweat it out. Yeah. Um, but I am I am looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting out there. It's been too long. I think the last time I was in Kansas City, man, it must have been again. It was pre-pandemic, so it had it was the year that she won the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, it's just on yeah. Super Bowl we were out there. Yeah, so. yeah. And we ate so much barbecue. Oh my god! It was like the day we left. I just I smelled like a roasted pig. Yes, it wasn't good. Yes. I slept in the guest room for a week. I I remember. I, I'm pretty sure in a two day span hit like Oklahoma Joe's, Jack Stack. Yeah, I know yeah, we went yeah. to Q39. Then we yeah. we we went to the game and we had a you you had a, to your credit you had like a van's worth of meat. Yeah. At, the, at the stadium, yep. just eating yep. out of the back. It was insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Great city. Can't wait. Hopefully the weather's nice uh, and clear. It's going to be cold, but it'll clear at least. Um, so looking forward to it. And uh, Jay, what's well, a good question? Can under 21 go in? It's, it's uh, a bar and grill. So yeah, it's it's, fine. It's, yeah. It's, it's like a restaurant. It's like a restaurant. Yeah. You know, it's not like a straight up bar. So um, we, we, you know, we won't be able to buy any shots, but uh we still have a good time. Um, maybe we'll get you the, you know, the appetizer platter. Um, yeah, it's going to be an absolute blast. Super fired up. Sterling will be there. Um, we've, we've been working on this for, for a while. So um, Tom says, I'm only showing up if Verderam does a rant. Listen, like they're playing the Broncos at the very yeah. least, right? Even if the Chiefs steamroll them, which they should. He'll rant just about how terrible the Broncos are. I was going to say, you're getting one either way. Because yeah. either the Chiefs give me a reason. Or let's hope that's not the case. Or Denver is just Denver, and they're so bad, and it's so hard to watch just from a football perspective that I'll just I'll rip Hackett and Wilson for sixty <laughs> minutes. Yep. So, uh, and plus, look at that point. I mean, the company is basically asking me to go to a bar and grill and have a few beers. So we'll we'll, we'll really get into it during the uh, the game. Um, Kyle yeah, might be yeah, I will be drinking the entire time, so it should be a good good uh good post game party. Um, uh, Evan says, when what will the details be amount, announced? Um. You know, in the next week or so, uh, we got to talk to our, our friends at the bar who are so graciously going to be hosting us. We got to coordinate with Casey Beer. Uh, we got we to do it all in a month. We got to make sure we have the right equipment. We got to get our asses out there. We got to get a hotel room, all that fun stuff. So a lot, a lot to figure out. But um, we'll uh, we'll get you guys the info as it as it comes out. But just right now, mark off your calendar, December 11th. If you're in the area, or if you're not in the area and you want to come into the area and hang out with us, we're going to be there. We wanted to pick an away game because we, you know, people want to go to the game, obviously. So Chiefs yeah. will be in Denver. We'll be in Kansas City. Uh, what better way to 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 watch that game than with some of our friends? We're super excited about it. Um, cool. All right. So let's get into to some football talk here. Um, yeah. So the Chiefs and the slow starts, man. I mean, you know, the Tennessee game was frustrated. They keep they keep doing this. Uh, Derrick Henry running wild on the Chiefs. And then gets completely neutralized in the second half. You know, Andy Reid, and uh, typically in his time in Kansas City, the Chiefs would sometimes they would start. We, we've had this team start really fast on offense and then struggle in the second half in in previous seasons. That right. has not been the case. What should we worry about this? What's going on here, Brodram? I mean, I think at some point it be, it does become an issue. Like I and I think it's a game planning thing. Like I really do. Like I, it's easy to blame the coaches. It's easy to blame coaches. Because it's a hard thing to disprove unless you're going to dive into the film. And most people either don't have the time to dive in film or they don't or they don't care to, and I don't blame them. Um, it's easy to just blame the play call, right? Because like the process didn't work. And so I'm I'm normally somebody who I I give coaches more grace because I just think sometimes there's there's a lot of things that can go wrong. That being said, I thought the I thought the offensive game plan was fine. I thought they didn't execute offensively, they took too many penalties. They didn't block. I mean, that that is some extent. That's on the players. Like you can you can blame a coach all you want. I thought their their play calling on offense was fine. I thought they just didn't execute defensively in the first half of that game. I do not understand for the life of me why they were playing a two deep shell. 
Do you not know who you're playing? Yeah. Like, I don't understand this. And then they come out in the second half of the game. Tennessee wasn't doing anything different in the second half. They played the exact same way. And the Chiefs literally held them to seven total yards over second, the second half in overtime. I think that is where I, I get frustrated with the Chiefs. And, I, you know, I think there's also a tendency sometimes to say, well, are they, are they sleepwalking? Well, they better not be. It's Sunday Night Football against a team that's won five straight. Like, and by the way, I don't think that was the case. They came out and scored in the first two drives. Like, I don't, I don't think that they just didn't have a, a, an edge to them. You know, they have too many guys in this team who are like Mahomes and Kelsey who are super serious about winning. I don't, I just think sometimes these game plans early in the game are very nondescript. Now, to be fair to them, they've been very good coming out of halftime making adjustments and just annihilating teams out of the half a lot of these weeks. But you worry about that more come January when you you can't screw around for a half of football. You've got to handle business. And um, I am concerned. I'm not overwhelmingly concerned. Like, it's not a five-alarm fire. But they, they need to start better in some of these games. What about the running game, man? I mean, like, obviously it wasn't part of the game plan to come out and have Mahomes throw the ball 70 times. Right. And this was a game that... It was it was always close, right? It was always within reach of the Chiefs, so it wasn't like there there was a need to panic. I know you want to put the ball in in, in your best players' hands as much as possible, and the few times they did try to run the ball with design runs, it didn't go well. But like, I, I don't know, like why did why didn't they run it? Why didn't they try to run it a little bit more? Every game that they've played really well this season, they've started out by establishing the run. Arizona, Tampa Bay, San Francisco. They were able to run the football. Why do you think they have this aversion when it just it seems like it starts going badly early? They're just like, fuck it. I think a lot of it is just simply who they are, which is to say, um, this is a you know, this is a team that is built to throw the ball. They've passed from home. So that's what they want to do. It's how they want to play. Um, and I, I think a lot of it with them is listen, they they get discouraged easily from running the ball. If, if it's not going well, then do you really want to do it? Do you really want to continue with it? Um, you know, they have a tendency when they run well early to keep doing it. They don't get away from it. But if they don't run well early in the game, they just abandon it. Now, the part of that, again, to Tennessee's credit, was Tennessee completely shut them down. I mean, they, they could not get a yard running against Tennessee. So I think there's a tendency with Andy, and, and I, I get it to some extent of, hey, look, if it's not going to work, I'm not going to pound my head against the wall here. Let's just drop Mahomes back and let it rip because that's what scares teams more anyway. But I do believe you have to have some balance. And this actually leads to the next thing we wanted to talk about a little bit, which is the AFC in general. Yeah. And the reason I want to kind of segue here is, so the AFC pa- uh, balance of power could really shift this weekend depending on a few things. The Chiefs are at home against Jacksonville. They are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. The Chargers are on the road against the Niners on Sunday Night Football. They are a touchdown underdog, seven points. The Bills, on the look-ahead line a week ago, were nine-and-a-half points favored against Minnesota. It is now three-and-a-half because of all this stuff with Josh Allen. That is something to watch, obviously, as Allen has not practiced yet this week, did not practice Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. This is a huge opportunity for the Chiefs, but the folks on the Bills for a second. This is why with Buffalo, as much as I've been somebody who, look, I, I've said I think all year they're the best team in football. Um, 
One concern I have with them, and it's increasingly becoming a concern now, their entire offense is Josh Allen. I, it's just everything. Every, he, he's the run game. He's obviously the passing game. I mean, he's the short yardage game. He's the red zone game. He's everything. And now he's hurt. And I think that is the one thing with the Chiefs. The Chiefs, as much as they rely on Mahomes, they don't ask him to be the run game. He can be an extension of it occasionally, but they don't ever call a, a package play for him to run. You can't get to that point where it just becomes he's got to do everything. Right. Because A, it's not sustainable, and B, you run the risk of him getting injured. Yeah, it's it's scary. And you don't want to you don't want to tire out his arm by having him throw too many times. Like and and the Chiefs, you're right with the as far as the balance power in the AFC goes, they have to be careful. Like, I know we all like we look at the Chiefs and the Bills and we see the eye test and we're like, these are the two best teams, but AFC is crowded right now. Yep, right now, it it's crowded. Now things will work themselves out. Bills and Chiefs are six and two. Baltimore six and three, and yep. then everybody else, like everybody else, is right behind. There's, there's the Dolphins and Jets. The Dolphins and Jets are six and three. The Titans are five and three. The Chargers are. They won't go away. They're five and three, even though they don't look great. The Bengals. Patriots don't have a quarterback. They're five and four. The Bengals are five and four. So I mean, like, okay, from the Colts down, you know, even the Colts could sneak back in it. They probably won't, but they could. Because right. they've won enough games. So, I mean, this is if the Chiefs were to lose this game, they could drop all the way down to, to the fringe of the playoffs. And if they had lost to the Titans, which they damn near did, yep. they'd be like the seven seed right now. You run the risk in the AFC if you lose a game that either you're going to drop or it's going to get much tighter. And by the way, let me you, you point out Baltimore. Okay, who, who's currently six and three? And they're on yeah. a bye week this week. Let me read everybody really quickly the rest of their schedule. Home to Carolina, at Jacksonville, home to Denver, at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland, home to the Falcons, home to the Steelers, at Cincinnati. They might lose one more game, I mean, maybe two, because look, the Watson will be there for that game with the Browns, so that becomes a tougher game, and it's on the road. Um, you know, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's not good. It's a rivalry. It's one of those things where, like, you always got to be careful in a game like that. But really the only game that they might be an underdog in is at Cincinnati. Right. That's it. I mean, they are they are not looking at a hard schedule the rest of the way. So that is something to keep in mind. By the way, another little bit of housekeeping here while we're talking about the AFC. The Raiders, for those who missed it, placed Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro on IR today. Oof. Both are out for at least the next four games. Raiders are in dire straits at this point now. It looks like it's just basically going to be a flat-out tank job the rest of the way. Not to say that they put these guys on IR because they're tanking and they're hurt, but it looks like this is going to be really rough. Uh, and, and I wonder, frankly, do they come back? I don't know. I mean, I, you know, by the time they get back, what are they going to be, 3-9? and nine? You know, something like that. Also, uh, a little bit of concerning news for the Chiefs today. So, McCole Harden still not practicing with what's being described as an abdomen injury. But also today, uh, Lajarius Sneed, knee injury, limited in practice. So uh, he was he was listed on Wednesday as a full participant with the knee, now limited. Now, we don't know. That could be simply just a giving him a lighter day just to ease off. Um, or it could be it's bothering him. So we will see. Uh, didn't hear anything about it coming out of the game. So, I, you know, my, my hope for him would be that it's just a little bit of a maintenance thing and just take care of it, and that's fine. 
Um, but just something to watch. So a little bit of swelling maybe from from the practice the, the day could, before. Could be, yeah. you know, it could be, it could be a little sore, and they just want to back off. I mean, this is the time of year. Look, you don't care if, if you're a team if you got to back off an injury a little. So what? I mean, it, you're trying to get ready. So we will see. Hardman's the one guy right now to really watch, obviously. Um, and if Snead, you know, trend, trends down again, then you're looking at you know, Josh Williams in there. You're, you're looking at three rookie corners in the game simultaneously, which somehow doesn't sound that daunting. With the way they've been playing, play well, um, you know. So, and by the way, check out Film Friday, which is coming out tomorrow. It's about uh, Trent McDuffie. So, all that being said, in regard to the AFC, what, how do you size up like the Bills Vikings game? Not to get it too far away from the Chiefs, but obviously it's really important to them. The Bills Vikings game, I find it fascinating. Like, I don't think Allen's going to play. I think it will be Case Keenum. Minnesota is winning very closely, but man, it. They're seven and one, and they have an opportunity to go up to Buffalo and play a Bills team that's not only potentially without Josh Allen, they are beat up defensively. Poyer is likely out, Rousseau's likely out, hide out for the season. Milano's back, but he's still beat up. Edmonds might be out. I mean, the Vikings seem to have a real shot in that game. Yeah, I mean, look, they're seven and one. Uh, I don't know, they've, they've got a positive point differential, good defense, play good defense, and they've got some weapons on offense. Obviously, Justin Jefferson, one of the best receivers in the league. They've got yep. Dalvin Cook. So, they, you know, they've got enough to get it to get it done. Now, if TJ they go Hawkinson. Up against, that's right. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson now. So, you know, Cousins Cousins does a nice job. Not not Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, but, you know, he's, he's not terrible either. So... I, yeah, and the Bills got Case Keenum. So it really sounds like this injury could be, you know, the look, the Bills rightfully are going to be cagey about it, and they're not going to let anybody know what's going on. Why should they? Um, and, and the little bit that I've read about this injury, it could be something that takes weeks to heal um, and could be a problem, or it could be a, just a minor, you know, he could be uncomfortable. Um, so it's a, it's a tricky one, and... They're sitting him out right now, which which they probably should be. Why have him throw? You know, he knows how to throw the ball. Look, right after he got, and, and we don't know that. I, I don't know if they've confirmed that it happened on the play where he got strip sacked against the Jets, but you know, he uncorked like a sixty yard or seventy yard pass after that, right? So he was still able to throw the ball. Now that doesn't mean he could have. You know, I read about this injury that he could have made it worse when he threw that ball. Um, so there's just there's a lot of unknowns for the Bills, but if Allen doesn't play, like you said earlier in the show, he's their offense. I mean, he's their running game, and they brought in Naheem Hines, but I, I don't like their chances in, in, in a game against. Sometimes it's weird, you know. Sometimes it, teams rally. We've seen the Chiefs do it with backup quarterbacks before. They're right. a talented team, so you never know. But obviously, it, it's a it's it's a problem for the Bills. Well, so I find that I, I like going to 538 for NFL stuff sometimes. I think it's interesting. And I, I don't always like really like full wholeheartedly buy into some of this stuff because numbers can be weird and wonky. But right now, according to 538's predictions, which take them for what you will, okay? If you look at the AFC, the Chiefs have the best chance of any team in the AFC to make the playoffs at 97%. The Bills are at 94. Chiefs have a 90% chance of winning the division. Bills are at 64% because the division is stronger. But here's what I find really interesting. Both teams are listed as having a 17% chance of winning the Super Bowl. Just tied for second by the Eagles who are at 19. The Bills have a 39% chance of getting the first round by. 
the Chiefs have a 35% chance. But here's how here's what's interesting. The Bills lose this week and the Chiefs win. It goes from what I just said, 39% for the Bills, 35% to Kansas City, to 21% for the Bills, 48% for Kansas City. No. So you're talking about a massive, massive week. Um, and if both teams were to win and it just stays even, the Bills then go from 39 to 49. So it, it, it's a huge, huge week. Now, again, look, those are numbers. Those are projections. It doesn't mean all that stuff's going to happen, whatever. But it, it just goes to show mathematically, if Kansas City can win this week and it gets some help up in, in Buffalo from Minnesota, the Chiefs then it's on their racket the rest of the way. And, you know, they'd have to keep winning, obviously, but they would have a real shot. Yeah, and, you know, Buffalo's got no cakewalk. After Minnesota, they've got... uh no, they don't. They're going to host Cleveland, and then they're going to go to Detroit. They still have to play New England twice. Always tricky. Again, divisional game. Uh, pretty good defense. they got to play the Jets again, who just beat them with Josh Allen on the field. And they got to play Miami again, who also beat them this season and right. is, is red hot on offense. And, oh, by the way... They got Joe Burrow and the Bengals on January 2nd. That's not going to be a cakewalk. And the Chicago Bears, they got to come to Chicago on Christmas Eve. And I know we're all laughing, oh, the Bears, they stink. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but it seems like they finally figured out how to use Justin Fields. They're letting him run with the football a little bit, and it's really opening up that offense for them. That's a game if I'm Buffalo. If, If they continue to use Fields well and Fields continues to progress, they know better than anybody having that having a dual threat quarterback, having a quarterback that can get out and make things happen with his legs and fields an incredible athlete on Christmas Eve. Guys are thinking about the hall. I mean, that is that's the trap game of all trap games. If if the if the Bears offense continues to play well, could be in the Bears will be playing hard because they're young. You know, like I always look at teams like that. Like I'll tell you right now, I think Denver is going to be in the tank like nobody's business because they're they're a veteran team. You know, the coach is probably gone. Like. That is, and you've got to deal with Russell Wilson doing high knees in the aisle all the way to London. Like that, that is just. Yeah. If, there, if you said to me, Matt, pick one team that is just going to fold like a cheap suit in the rain, is it them? Them. That is just. The, I can see the Colts being right up there with them, but I mean, I the, the Broncos are just going to absolutely fall apart if, if they get out of playoff contention, which they're obviously on the edge of right now. They play Tennessee this week. Um, yeah, I guess to put a ball on it, this is a, this is a big opportunity for Kansas City this weekend. It really is. I mean, this is a game you should win at home. And the Chargers are in a game I do not think they're going to win. The Niners are healthier off a of bye. The Niners might rush for 400 yards in this game. The Chargers aren't going to stop them once. I mean, if I was Shanahan, I'm not kidding. I might throw the ball 10 times. Like, I would just run the ball at them the entire game uh, with no fear of anything uh, really of consequence the other way. You know, I think I think the Chargers cannot protect Herbert in this game if they ask him to drop back for any reasonable amount of time. A lot of dink and dunk. Um, they don't have the receivers. I, I just, you know, which is, by the way, something to watch with the Chargers. Allen and Williams, are they going to be back for that Chiefs game? Or are they not? Allen is still dealing with a hamstring. He's been dealing with since week one. Uh, and then you've got Williams, who's dealing with a high ankle sprain, who – it would be four weeks at Chiefs games, maybe. Um, and Jackson's out. Bose is going to be out. You know, Slater's out. So I hope you know, Mike Williams doesn't play. He's like the Chief Slayer. 
He kills that dude. Him. My kills God, can somebody cover him? So, McDuffie might get a chance, Adam. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I'll tell you right now. You know, I'd put on him. I'd, I would, I would put, I would put Joshua Williams or or uh, Watson on him because these are big. Yeah, they're big guys. They're big, physical. Like I, if Allen and, and, and Williams both play, I just, I just stick Sneed in the slot on Allen. And if he if he flexes wide, I'd put McDuffie on him. But I would put one of those big corners on him. It's regardless, it'll be interesting. But let's let's get into uh yeah, let's get into this game. Let's get into this game first. I want to overlook Jacksonville because Jacksonville, I think, is going to be game for this game, no pun intended. Um yeah. look, so who who is Jacksonville? Jaguars are three and six. They started out the year two and one. They got they got wins over the Colts. They shut them out in week two. They blew out the Chargers 38-10 at SoFi. Everybody got excited. They went to Philly the following week, got a 14 nothing. And everybody's like, oh my God, Jacksonville. And then got beat the rest of that day, 29 to 7. And they went on a five-game losing streak. They did break that streak last week, hilariously so, against the Raiders, who got up 17-0 uh, for the third time this year. And the Raiders for the third time this year managed to lose that game. So uh the, the Jags get off to Schneid. They are now three and six. Uh and so we come into this game with Jacksonville. Like, I, I don't even think you could re- realistically say on the periphery of the race. They're not in the playoff race. Um, but they're coming off a win. And they're, they're, they're feeling good about themselves for the first time in a couple of you know, months, essentially. Um, I think this game is a little more interesting than meets the eye. Yeah, it's, it's – um, you know, we talked about it. Uh, we sort of talked about it last week. But we didn't think that <laughs> – we didn't think the Tennessee game was going to be – we thought the Chiefs were going to steamroll them. We didn't think it was going to go like that. We actually talked about, hey, you know, if it was a 1 o'clock game and they were in Tennessee, the Chiefs might not be up for it. And we talked about the Jaguars game as being a game that could could be a, a, an issue. Um, 1 o'clock yep. game, it's a, it's a team with a losing record. But, yeah, I agree with you, man. I'm a little bit concerned about they, – they've got some they've got some weapons, right? Travis Etienne's been been really good for them. Trevor Lawrence can run the ball a little bit, um, but yeah, when you look at their when you look at their resume, I mean, my God, like okay, they lost to the Eagles, but thirteen to six to the the Texans, right? Thirty four to twenty seven yeah. to the Colts. They lost to the Giants. They lost to Denver, who can't score. So you know, this is one of those weird games where you, you I kind of feel like it could be. Oh, all right. Like, you know, the Chiefs steamroll these guys. They're just clearly better. Or, like last week, you get this team that comes in, they're playing hard. Like you said, they're feeling good. They're coming off a win. And they look like they, if I'm Jacksonville, I'm looking at that Tennessee tape trying to see what they did to Kansas City. I think this is going to be really interesting, uh, this game, because Jacksonville might be three and six. They have not lost at one time this year by more than one score. They have not lost. At any point in time this season, by more than a score. Now, they, as you mentioned, have some losses against bad teams. I mean, the Colts lit them up. Not she's lost to the Colts, but the Colts lit them up. Uh, Houston's only win this year against Jacksonville, so on and so forth. To be very clear about this, the Chiefs should win this football game. Sure. And if the Chiefs perform the way they should perform, they should win it by multiple scores. The question with the Chiefs is will they perform the way they should perform? Or is this going to be one of these games where at halftime I'm going to blow a blood vessel because <laughs> they've taken nine penalties and Andy's run the ball three times and you know they they've they've 
they turn the ball over on a muff kick because Hardman's not back there. They have nobody who can go back there and feel the punt. And they've missed a field goal. By the way, Buck, I don't know if you saw this today. He said he's not 100%. That's why right. he's not running into these kicks, which, I mean, do they need to sit him until he's 100%? Like, what? Like what is happening? I mean, because right now, he's not the same guy. So what are we doing here? Um, but I, I think, like, realistically – the Chiefs match up pretty well with Jacksonville. Like the one thing the Titans do that's scary every time they play them is the Titans, to their credit, they know exactly who they are. They are a downhill physical football team, and they are not going to change for anything or anybody. And they're like that way on both sides of the ball. I mean, they are going to smack you. In the mouth. I'll give them one thing, and Tom just said it, and he's right on the money in the chat. The Titans DBs, if you watch the replay of that game, I mean, it's just a mugging all the way down the field. They said, screw it. Call a penalty. Do it. Throw a flag on every play. And at some point, if you're the official, you can't. You just can't do that. So, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, that's not being critical of the Titans. I don't blame them. It's probably the only way they feel they can win the game, just mug them the whole, right. the whole game. So, listen, I think ultimately this plays a little bit more into Kansas City's hands. Lawrence is a dink and dunk thrower of the ball. He does not have a pass over 50 yards this year. They are very much an underneath team. Uh, ETN is their best offensive player. He is explosive. He has three runs of over 45 yards this season. That that needs to be corralled. The Chiefs cannot let this turn into one of these games where he just gets out in space and they've got to hope that they can tackle 12 yards down the field. We know how that goes. So I think if you're the Chiefs, you, you by and large match up pretty well in this game. I think, you know, the Chiefs should be able to get somewhat of a pass rush. Uh, although Jacksonville does not give up any sacks, they throw the ball so quickly. But that doesn't mean he can't affect the play here and there. Defensively, I do not think Jacksonville matches up really well with the Chiefs. Their secondary is not overwhelming. Their linebackers are very good. Uh, Devin Lloyd is maybe a defensive rookie of the year candidate. I mean, he's he's been excellent for them out of Utah. But it's not a it's not an overwhelming group up front. Not a bad group. There's not a group that you look at and say to yourself, "Oh, that's it." That's a, a group that, you know, is going to wreck a game. It shouldn't. It should not wreck a game. It's a, it's a group that you respect, but you're not necessarily terrified of. So you would hope that with all that being said, uh, the Chiefs can go out and they can execute their game plan and they can handle business this week. Yeah, I think you've got to watch out for ETN. Um dangerous he's averaging 5.7 yards per carry this year yep. and they, they like to throw him the ball as, as well obviously was out last year with an injury but was very explosive at Clemson when I look at the receivers on Jacksonville I, this is another good game I think to, to continue to get Trent McDuffie up to speed who who is not a lot of catch uh this year but by the way I, I I had to joke on Twitter when that stat was going around that like you and I could have probably prevented wide receiver catch against the Titans um, yeah. it's as bad as they are on offense with Malik Willis, but look, this is a game where you look at the receivers and you're like, okay, who am I scared of? Christian Kirk. That's your best receiver. Right. I mean, he's fine. He's serviceable. He's a, he's a number two receiver at best, right? Marvin Jones jr. Fine. Okay. And then it's, and then after that, it's, 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 you know, it's Evan Ingram, the tight end and Travis Etienne, uh, who you've got to worry about Jamal Agnew, um, you know, it's, you're just, you're not looking at this team, Tim Jones, like they don't have a lot yeah. of, of, of scary weapons in the passing game and the chiefs have a lot of really solid corners. So they should be able to corral the passing game pretty well. And I think if they want to play aggressively, 
like they did against the Titans in the second half and play man defense and play single high safety in this game, I would give it a go. Now, look, this isn't Malik Willis. Trevor Lawrence is a talented quarterback. So, you know, if you make a mistake, he, he's capable of beating you. So they can't do that. But, I mean, that's kind of how I would go into this game is I'd focus all my attention on ETN. And if, if Christian Kirk or Evan Ingram are going to beat you once or twice, I think I can live with that. Yeah, I think you have to take away ETN in this game. Um, I also think you try to play the underneath routes and essentially say, look, you're not going to throw the ball underneath and dink and dunk us to death all game. That's what the Jags want to do. That's how they play. Um, if the Chiefs sit in a soft zone coverage in this game, I'm I'm going to climb on the roof. I really like that. That's going to be how this ends for me because I there is no reason your corners, if you're Kansas City, are more talented than Jacksonville's receivers. Like climb up in man coverage, get up on the line of scrimmage, disturb the routes at the line. This is not a group with a bunch of burners at receiver. It's not a group that wants to go down the field. I just said they literally do not have one pass play over 50 yards this year. And that's not air yards. That's any yards. Like, they do not have any kind of play this year for 50 yards. If Kansas City sits back and allows Lawrence to dink and dunk, he will do it right into the end zone. They will do that. If you take that short stuff away, he's a lot less accurate down the field. He is not a great thrower down the field. Uh, He is – he is very scattershot with his accuracy once you get past 10, 10 yards or so in the air. So if I am the Chiefs, everything underneath is being taken away. Everything. I don't know that I'd blitz a ton in this game. I'd probably I'd probably try to use the linebackers to actually, you know, flood a zone or two underneath, let the corners play man. I don't know that you have to be in in like this is another game. I'd probably drop a safety down. Yeah. What are you worried about? I I I but just to read the box, let Thornhill stay where he's good. Thornhill is a good, deep, free safety. When you ask him to come up and make tackles, it's a problem. Leave Juan Thornhill 15, 20 yards off the line of scrimmage. Um, so I, I think that's where you are. I, I, to me, like, the overall theme of the game plan should not be that difficult. It really should not be that hard to figure out. If you look at Jacksonville's numbers this year, so offensively, they're actually better than you think. They're 10th in yards per play. They've only allowed 12 sacks, which is second best in the league. And again, a lot of that is because they throw the ball very quickly. They're eighth in yards per drive. This is a, a decent – now, the 21st in the red zone, which has really hurt them. Okay? But offensively, like, they move the ball. A lot of times, though, they settle for three because they get down these, these constricted areas and, and they struggle. Defensively, much more average. 14th in yards per play, 20 against 20th against the pass. That's a concern. They've not played a lot of good quarterbacks here, and they're still 20th. They don't – the blitz rate right in the middle of 16. Uh, they, they get home a decent amount of pressure. They're ninth in pressure, but they're 22nd in sacks. They get pressure, not a lot of sacks, only 16 on the season. And they're 18th in both third down defense and in the red zone. So defensively, they're not that good. Defensively, I think it, I think the plan, honestly, this week should be throw the ball a little bit, loosen them up, yeah. and then and then hit them with some some runs as, as they start to back up. But you know, they the haven't Chiefs played – yeah, they haven't played very many high-powered offenses this season. No, um, they have not. You know, when you look at their schedule, I mean, Philadelphia hung twenty-nine on them. The Chargers was that the game that was that the game that that Herbert was out when they beat when they beat the Chargers? No, no, it was he hasn't missed a game. That was the game they thought he might have been out because it was a game wow. after Kansas City, but he played. They killed them, thirty-eight to ten. That was that was the game that Herbert, like, yeah, they're at thirty-eight to ten, and they just left Herbert in the game. 
Yeah, yeah. That was the same game Slater got hurt and Bosa got hurt. Yeah. Uh, it was a mess for the Chargers. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you look at the, the, they should be a little bit shocked by the by the Chiefs offense when they come into this one. I you were mentioning Juan Thornhill and I wanted to I wanted to pick your brain on something. Do you do you think there's something to, like an argument to be made to maybe on some early downs start involving Deion Bush a little bit more? I think there's depends on who you're playing. Like if I'm playing Cincinnati, no. Uh, I think there's an argument to be made to, to put Brian Cook in the game more. Or I mean, and that, it's not a knock on Bush. Bush, by the way, has been phenomenal in special teams. Phenomenal. Um, the problem right now with Juan Thornhill, and I don't want to like, look. I think he's a quality player in a lot of aspects, but I, I can't help. It's like their safeties this year just can't tackle. I mean, Justin Reed, I think, has been much better than Juan Thornhill. As well, he's even missed his fair share lately. Juan Thornhill in in, in coverage, fine, good player. Juan Thornhill having to tackle anybody, a problem. It's just it's not his strong suit. Um. I do think if you're playing a team that you know runs a lot on early downs, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But I also think, too, like, they got to stop with this two-deep stuff against these teams that don't threaten you down the field. You yeah. want to play two-deep against Buffalo? Yeah, sure, you should be in two-deep against Buffalo. You want to play in two-deep against Cincinnati? You ought to be in two-deep against Cincinnati. That's fine. Like, if they play Baltimore in a playoff game and they're in two-deep, my head's going to explode. <laughs> Put a single high safety back there and get another guy in the box. I don't, I don't understand what their fascination is if if Lamar Jackson's beating you deep with all the guys that he doesn't have on that team, what are we doing? Same's true this week. Jacksonville should not beat you deep ever. I don't care how. I don't care if there's no safeties back there. Right. If it's a cover zero blitz, they're not equipped to do it. So I I think for the Chiefs, like it's it's really yeah you could experiment with Bush or with Cook. That's fine, um, but it's more to me about the scheme. Like that stuff's just got to change. There is no. And by the way. By the way, and it's not a, a horn tooting thing. Last week at the halftime show, I was screaming about Spagnolo, and I'm like, why don't they go to a bare front and put five guys on the line of scrimmage? They didn't go to a bare front, but in the second half of that game, they basically put a linebacker as a fifth defensive lineman. They stood him up. He wasn't down. They didn't go to 3D tackles, but they basically put five guys on the line of scrimmage. And lo and yeah. behold, the Titans couldn't run for a foot. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why that took a half of football against a team that you knew was going to come out and do that. And that's why I expect this game coming up, and we'll get to our predictions here in a, in a few minutes, why I expect this game to be ultimately acceptable because of the result, but frustrating because of the process, where it'll just be like, Travis Etienne has 14 carries in the first half for 97 yards and a touchdown. And I, and, and, like, well, because the Chiefs have decided to play a four high safety look for fun this week. Like, I, yeah, that'll that'll be the thing that, that sets me off. It's really interesting. The Chiefs are big favorites in this game, as you mentioned at the top. They're nine and a half point right. favorites, and the over under is fifty and a half. Uh, so they think there's maybe going to be some scoring. And do you know, with a nine and a half point spread, that's Vegas telling me I don't think this is going to be a twenty seven to twenty four game. I think the Chiefs are going to score over thirty points against the Jaguars, and yeah. that'd be all right with me. Um, let us know in the chat by uh, you can let us know in the chat. You know if you think the Chiefs are going to win this game. If you think the Chiefs are going to win this game, like this video, hit the thumbs up, vote for the Chiefs to win, hit the thumbs up button. That'll help us get more Chiefs fans in here as well.
Uh, we got to talk about the Doug Peterson angle here. Um, right. Obviously knows Andy Reid and Andy Reid's system really well. Won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. Very accomplished coach. Is is he? Are you worried about? Does this give the Jaguars an edge in a game like this? I, I don't think so. That's going to be a fun little storyline. But he wasn't there when Mahomes was there. Like they're so different. I mean, Doug Pierce hasn't been there forever. So I, I mean, when when was Doug Pearson's last? I'm trying to think. Was it 2015? I believe. Yeah. So it, it's been a long time. Like I, and by the way, Andy knows Doug Peterson pretty well too. Right. So I, you know, like I don't. I don't think so. If anything, Andy's actually got a really good record against former assistant coaches. He's always been very good against them. So I, I think I think you probably can throw that out the window. I, I don't think it's a huge advantage. You know, it's not like Peterson was there a year ago. Then maybe, oh, yeah, all right. You know, he's kind of got an inside track. I mean, they're, they're wildly different than when, from he, when he was there, right? I mean, when he was there, their offense was centered around Sharkandrick West and Spencer Ware. And now it's, you know. It's it, they barely even know they have a running back in the team, so I I would not uh, put too much stock into that. Yeah, sure, Doug knows Andy, you know, from an internal standpoint, but like, it's it's not like it's not like that's going to be hey. Now that we know that, now we can stop Mahomes. Like, yeah. I, I don't put a ton of stock in it. Another little wrinkle in this game to consider, and I'd be interested to know if there's a stat on this. The Jaguars have a bye week after this. To do. You know, and it's kind of like you're three and six, and you're thinking about a week off in Florida. You know, does that does that enter? I, I would be interested to know if there's a, a stat on. I mean, it exists, I'm sure. How do teams fare the week before their bye week? I don't know. I, it's a great question. I, you know, I thought about that. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know that. I, you know, I don't have the damn time to sit there and do that research project. That's a but lot I, of, you need a computer for that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure somebody out there has done it. Um, I don't know, but there is a point. There's a good point, though. Like, is it one of these things where, you know, you look at it and just go, hey, you know what? If you're Jacksonville, there's some guys in the team. I will say this. I do think, I guess I'll, I'll rephrase it this way. I do think it's the kind of thing where if the Chiefs get up big early in the game, I could see Jacksonville being like, you know what? Let's, uh, let's just get to the bye week. Yeah. Let's get the hell out of here. Right. I mean, I, um, and but some people have mentioned it in the chat. I will say we didn't really talk about this, but it, it does bear a quick mention before we get into our predictions and listener reviews real quick. Um, we could see more Kadarius Tony this week from Cole Harbin doesn't play. Right. And look, I'm not happy about that in the sense that I don't, I don't want McCall Harbin to be hurt. First, you don't want anybody to be hurt. Second, he's playing really well. Kadarius Tony looked intriguing in that first game. And I got to be honest with you guys talking to people around the team after the trade. Like, I, I did not expect Tony to be that featured early in the game. That was like, I, right I, I thought he'd get a player through here or there. I did not think that like all of a sudden Carries Tony was just going to be really involved from the start. He played well. So that becomes now like a okay, like is Kadarius Tony going to be getting a whole lot of snaps here? Yeah. Could be very interesting. Uh just just to, again, and, and maybe Hardman practice tomorrow and he's there Sunday. We don't know yet, but just something to keep in mind. I think you if if Hardman's banged up. You know, he's been playing so well for the Chiefs. And obviously, it's the NFL. If you can be out there, you can be out there. But if you right. have, right. if you're Andy Reid and you've got a very similar weapon in Kadarius Tony, and you're thinking about, I want to run, you know, I want to run one of these jet sweeps that I normally run with me, with McColl. Yep. And I've got Kadarius Tony, like maybe I just give that dude the ball. 
let's get a look at his speed. It's not like he's got to study the playbook for 47 hours to run a jet sweep. So I, I think we'll see him in this game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of, because they have Tony, they they say maybe McCall Hartman dresses but doesn't play very much. I'll tell you what, I know a lot of people pick him up in fantasy. I would not, even if he's active, I would not start him with, uh, with, with Tony on the team. No, uh, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I think it's just an interesting little wrinkle to watch to see if he if he plays this week. Um, all right. So we have three listener reviews to get to today, one of which has a question in there. So I'll get that one last, even though it was the uh, first one in terms of the date uh, sent in. So first one I'm going to get to is Clint McKenzie, uh, our PR man uh, since the beginning. The most enjoyable Chiefs podcast. If you only want sanitized, boring cheese facts, stop reading right now and move on. This, is the, this isn't the feed for you. Sure, you'll get as much or more essential cheese news and info here as you will anywhere else. However, you will also enjoy yourself while listening. These hosts are among the smartest, funniest, and most personable people on the planet. Once you've listened for a while, you'll consider them friends just as I do. Don't be a schmuck. Just listen. You'll be glad you did. First of all, hilarious use of schmuck. Yep. Second of all, thank you so much, Clint. You are always too kind. Um, you don't really use schmuck it. enough. No, schmuck is a great one. Schmuck's a uh, great insult. I love it. Yes. Really, really a way to just to send somebody over the edge. Yeah. Um, then we have another one from Austin Levon Choi. Best Chiefs community out there. I love being a part of this community. The best Chiefs podcast, bar none. Your daily content gets me through the work week. I re-listen to episodes while driving and drive my wife nuts. It's been awesome to see AA grow and see how you're growing the content and community. I can't wait to see where this goes. Can't give enough five-star reviews. Thank you for all for everything you do. Please, please, please keep it up. We want all of it and more. Well, we will keep it up. And thank you, Austin. And thank you for listening more than once. I, I can barely even hear myself for five minutes without having to turn it off. So I appreciate that. Uh, special, special shout out to LaVon's wife, too, for letting yeah. him, allowing him to you know listen to our podcast and put up with having to hear us uh appreciate you as well correct uh and then the last one is from et13 love the podcast love the podcast reese's pumpkins or reese's christmas trees let the fight start all right um i i I gotta go with the pumpkin you know i like the tree is cool but i feel like the pumpkin in each bite because it's because of the shape, I get more peanut butter in each bite, which I'm for. So I'm I'm pro pumpkin. What about you, Verdurant? All right. So let's let's let this be said. Would okay. you have one hand? So pumpkin. All right. I do I have a few from Halloween. Scientific um, research here. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a good thing. Um, you didn't send me one, by the way. We could have done this together, you know. Go to hell. <laughs> um, no, I got that I'm going down the hatch. I got the uh, the old four packs in the oh, yeah. in the office. You whatever, go. yeah, whenever a tough time is at hand. Um, I'm going Christmas trees though. Now, it needs to be said. There's no wrong answer here, right? Okay, it's Reese's. The only wrong answer is not having them on hand. Yeah. However, part of it for me, I mean, obviously, it tastes the same. The Christmas tree one, it's just it's like part of the holiday season for me. If I see the the like if, if if I get on the scale and I'm like 30 pounds more than I want to be, which thankfully has not been the case at, at any point in life, although, you know, let's face it, like I'm like a meal away. Okay. Yeah. 
if I get on the scale and I'm 30 pounds and I'm like really depressed, I'm like, oh man, I got to go to Walgreens and get something. And then I see a Reese's tree, I'm like, well, 31 pounds then. I mean, it's just, it's, it's undeniable. Yeah. Um, so good. So, so good. good. Yeah. You know, when we were doing trick or treat, um, this kid comes up to, he comes up to the, the porch and he says, y'all got Reese's. And I said, yeah, man, here you go. Of course, I, I had a ton of Reese's on hand, different kinds. He's, he stops and he says, he looks over his shoulder at his, and his buddy's way down the street. And he goes, hey, Larry, they got Reese's over here. And Larry comes right sprinting towards our house. And he looks, he looks at this group of kids next to him and looks at me and goes, don't give them none of the Reese's. Larry's coming. I was absolutely dying. This kid was like, you know, eight years old. That's absolutely awesome. hilarious. Like they're on a mission. Those kids, they don't want Starburst. They don't want licorice. They want the Reese's. They're going to the Reese's houses. That's awesome. I, there was a guy. I grew up in a really small town, and our trick or treating was like there was one area where the houses were kind of like next to each other. So everybody in the town went to this area. It was probably maybe 30, 40 houses, and there was a house walkable from that area that you know 10 minute walk whatever and it kind of like every i feel like every kid has this house in their in their childhood where it's like it's like a house like nobody goes near because like the old guy he's crazy or whatever right, right? Sure. like yeah. that was the house so the reason i bring this up is he would like he wouldn't come out of his house but like he had this like shoot it also i think it was like i swear to god i think it was like a like a, a downspout that he just like converted and he would drop like full size candy bars down there, and you just put like your bag underneath it, and that's how he could give you this candy. Which, looking back, is suspect as hell. Like my parents, nice job, guys. Right? Um, yeah, but he dropped like you get like three or four like full size things, and like I remember my buddies and I would go and just yell up like, you know, you got Reese's, you got Kit Kat, you know, whatever. And like every time the guy was must have been a really nice guy at heart because that, by God, he must have spent a fortune. Everybody yeah. knew to go there. Um, but I remember like every once in a while you'd look in there and you get like four full size things and three of them were Reese's. Like, oh man, thanks, man. Thanks. I, <laughs> I love amazing. I love Halloween. And we, you know, there was a there was like 45 minutes to go and we ran out of candy at a lot of kids this year. And I said to Mag, hold down the fort. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna run to CVS real quick and get more candy. And she was like, Man, let's just turn off the life, the light. Like, there's you know, it's 45 minutes left. Like by the time you get back, I was like, no. I was like, this is the one time a year I'm charitable. These kids need their candy, and we're, we're going until the end. Uh, and I, I went down there, and, and all that was left at the CVS was the Christmas, they have the Christmas candy that they started putting out. And so I was actually giving out Reese's Trees on Halloween. It was pretty funny. Actually, we got a, from one of our Ring of Honor members, again, if you're interested in becoming part of our community here at Arrowhead Attic, check out the link in the description. Uh, our guy, Timo, who, who's celebrating his four-month anniversary uh, and is a Ring of Honor member, um, he said, uh, he's using his highlighted comment. He said, hi guys. I actually had a presentation in school about AA last, uh, Arrowhead addict. I assume he means, um, and last, and, and my teacher told me I'm getting a freaking 15 out of 15. Ha ha ha. German school system means a plus Timo. Awesome. What, what was this presentation? Like I got, I got, we got to know detail. There's no way there are pictures involved because that I immediately would have downgraded. Like it. here, are, here, are, here are the hosts. You know what well, was Halloween? So maybe he was trying to scare his classmates, uh, except for Sterling. He put Sterling up there. 
I hope you use Sterling's picture, but yeah, we'd love to know what the, what the deal was. What was the presentation? Yeah. Was it, you know, uh, was it about being part of a community? Was it something to do with podcasting? Uh, we'd love to know that. Oh, we got, and we got a super chat from, uh, just saw it pop up from uh, TPT chiefs football podcast. Uh, I saw your tweet from earlier naming random chiefs and I, Oh, so uh, yeah. So Vertoram, I don't know if you saw this earlier. I, I, t- I tweeted out, um, it's a hilarious thread. I tweeted out, uh, name, name a random forgotten chief. I'll start. And I, mine was Devard darling. Um, oh so, God. so what, 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 what our, our super chat here is saying, I said, Quinn gray or Bobby, uh, Scipio, can you guys, uh, name me someone random? So I, I'll, I'll stick with my Devard darling, but, and I want to hear your pick Verderam, but it's, it's a hilarious thread. You got to go in and check it out. It's also very painful. Because a lot of the guys that they're, they're they're naming are like, you know, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, that guy was on the team. I'll tell you. Uh, I, I don't know why his name immediately popped in my head. Benny Schapp. Um, <laughs> yeah, old, old old corner there. And then, uh, oh, my God. I don't I, I, I Another uh, – uh, I'll give you Mark Bradley. Played with DeVar Darling. I like Mark Bradley. You know, it's funny, though. This reminds me of a game I played in college when some of us were um, – you know, it was a Friday night and it was 3 a.m. And, and, you know, maybe you went out, whatever. And you're sitting around with the guys, having some food, having some uh, beverages. And invariably, a lot of my buddies and I, you know, they're all sports fans. So we'd be sitting there and one of my buddies, especially a huge baseball fan. And so it became like, like one night we started out, we're like, hey, like Friday come up was just a, the most random obscure baseball player you can think of, like from our from our lifetimes. So we did it. And then that took on a life of its own. Like a week later, it would be like, so we'd just be sitting there, big Wally Joyner. And then it, it, like, it'd just go on and on and on. And people try to keep going. And it was great because every once in a while, somebody would have a little bit too much fun that, that evening and they'd be really hurting. And you just like somebody from like the couch like, under a blanket it would be Gary D. Sarsenia. <laughs> it would just go and go. Um, it's a fun game. It's a fun Mike Cloud, by the way. Yeah, Mike Cloud. I mean, some of these are hilarious. Sean McGrath. Oh my um, god! I'm trying to Leonard Pope. Yeah, Scott Fujita, Leonard Pope, Kawika Mitchell, um, uh, Turk and Tank. Remember Turk and Tank? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember those both two the second round picks are supposed to be like the interior of the line. No, yeah. no. Yeah, Mike Maslowski. Um, Mike Dexter McCluster. I don't feel like Dexter McCluster is a, a forgotten one. Lake Dawson. Yeah, he's not pretty. Lake Dawson's a pretty good one. Yeah. Sean LaChapelle in the chat here. That's hilarious. Also, TPT with our super chat. Thank you, man. Um, yeah. Who's the Chiefs player from back in the day? Kind of random. You thought it, it was going to be really good. Ended up being a bust. Uh, talent wise, Snoop Minnis. <laughs> yeah. Who actually yeah. like had talent. Lucas is Frankie Hammond. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Nobody drove me more out of my mind. Then Frankie Hammond was on the Chiefs. I, I swear Jr. to God, nobody in the world's ever been slower at a speed position than Frankie Hammond Jr. It's impossible, yeah. absolutely impossible. Yeah, there's a bunch in there that guys. Uh, um, oh, uh, well, my to answer the super chat, mine was I, I thought Niall Davis was going to be really good. Yeah, I was like absolutely sure of it. Didn't work out, but some of the, some of these yeah. names, man. Um, I mean, uh, Karen Fox. Uh, obviously, the, the obligatory Bobby Scipio, John McGraw. I have forgotten about Quick Draw McGraw. He was John McGraw was 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 Dan Sorensen before Dan Sorensen. 
That's an insult to Dan Swanson. Uh, <laughs> oh, come uh, on, John McGraw. He was a he's a great guy. He was a glue guy. John McGraw, the dirty work was yeah. He was that. He was that. Mike Vrabel, former Chiefs great. Yeah, you forget you forget these guys. We we used to joke on Arrowhead Addict all the time back when I ran the site about Vrabel because he was totally washed. Great player. Oh, he got yeah. to Kansas. He couldn't do anything. And Scott Pioli just kept trotting out there, and he was, kept t- talking about the intangibles. He's trying to bring the Patriot. Well, we traded, you know, the intangibles, and we were, we would do a joke after every game, like how many intangibles did Mike Vrabel get in that game because he didn't get any, any sacks. But here's one: Sylvester Morris, Colby wow. Smith, Greg Wesley. Oh, that's a good one. My dad uh, texted me just now. Apparently, listening to the show live says Mike Adamley, who was a player in the '70s when they were atrocious, um, who were number one, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Mark Bolrichter, who's been on the podcast, actually. Yeah. I yeah. never forget about Mark Bolrichter because that 99-yard catch. Yep. I was that watching was, live when yeah. that happened, and I was like, hey, I, 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 Rashawn Sheehy, a hilarious name. Um, yeah. Trying, oh, we Joe could go Horn. on forever. We could go on forever. I yeah. mean, there, there's so many. There's just random, especially like that Herm era, Romeo. We, I mean, guys, don't never forget that that Amari Cooper, uh, Amari Cooper, uh, Amani Toomer, was was uh, signed for like an hour and a half. Oh yeah. Um, wasn't Ooh. wasn't uh, wasn't Bobby Ingram on the team for like an hour? Yeah, Bobby Ingram is on the team. Uh, here's Stanford one. route. Stanford who route. Who did get not... out of the preseason? Yeah, yeah. Like... Uh, Sanders Cummings. That is a deep cut. <laughs> that is oh a God. deep deep cut. Sanders, who the hell said that? uh i don't uh, i lost it hello uh um, wow yeah uh, country boy country boy five six seven wow yeah country boy's hilarious that is a whoa that's a pull yeah. mark yeah, classic stacy just sitting here martin stacy you might win man yeah that's a good one that by the way that's one. a great trivia question so if you if you think try to do this if you're a chiefs fan try to name and i'm just gonna do it right now again we'll be here for an hour and a half try to name Every Chiefs quarterback that has started a playoff game for the franchise. And it's not that hard, right? Like you think like, okay, so Len Dawson, and right. that takes you all the way up to the 90s. And it's <laughs> just to the 80s, just one game in the 80s. Yeah. And then it gets you into the 90s. And you, like everybody knows, of course, like Mahomes, and you have the one with Castle, and you have Alex Smith. And Mark Vlasic started a playoff game for the Chiefs. Wow. And let me tell you something. It didn't go well. Okay, so you ever want to appreciate the current team? It's on YouTube. Go watch the 91 Chiefs-Bills playoff game with Mark Vlasic up in Buffalo. Woof. Oh, my God. Uh, but in any event, all right, we, we've, got, we've gotten so far off topic. Yeah, one more, one more. Let's just go further. Ryan Merritt. Wasn't he the tight end that they drafted? Yeah. And, and he, he, got, he got pulled over and he had weed, and he yeah. tried to eat the weed. Yeah. And, and they made him spit it out, and he said all this for a little bit of weed, and he got, he got, got the next day. That um, Chiefs era was really something special. Oh god! I mean, I mean every the whole team was 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 random for guys you want to forget. I mean, I love the you, know, you got the Debo the Sonic story, which is, I mean, just remember remember when uh, Haley showed up, and they were so out of shape that he incur- he went on like this big like basically a weight loss program with that yeah. team. The conditioning and a team, they lost something like seven or eight hundred pounds in camp. I mean, just, <laughs> I mean just, they, remember they cut they cut like twenty four or twenty five guys off the team, and two of them got picked up. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah they were it terrible. Was, 
my hottest take of all time to Chiefs. I swear to God, Todd Haley could have been a decent head coach. I, I'm not. I'm not complaining about the way it all shook out. Obviously, it worked out for the Chiefs, but he went to the playoffs with Matt Castle, and the following year they were a blocked field goal away by Richard Seymour from going back. And that was the year he got fired, like halfway through the year, because him, him and Scott Pioli were going to kill each other. Yeah, like Todd Haley never got another opportunity really after that. And I think it's probably because of his personality. Like, fair enough. I am convinced if Todd Haley had a real team. Like actually could have done some things. Now, might not have lasted long because people might have lost their minds with him. But right. it, I really think he actually could have been a halfway decent head coach. I know the, a the lot problem of people with Haley is everybody hated him, right? He drove that he is, drove everybody that is nuts. Indeed, the problem, right? So if you don't, if you don't, if you got a coach like that, he, you know, he came up on Parcells' knee. If if, if you got a coach like that and you don't win, it's bad not news. Good. Yeah, you can't not be good. an asshole if you don't win. Um, all right, let's let's get into our game predictions. For uh for the Chiefs Jaguars as we we went totally off the rails. Why don't you yes. uh, kick us off, Ram? How's this one going right. to shake out? So I think the Jags are going to cover. Actually, on the on the rundown, I put thirty one twenty one, but I'm going to renege on that. I'm going to go thirty one twenty three. Um, it could. I think that score is going to be about right. I think we could get to it one of two ways, and of course, I have the Chiefs winning. By the way, um, either it's it's absolutely horrifying for four quarters and they have to like pull away at the very end and eke out the win. Like Jacksonville's at the 20 yard line with 10 seconds left or which I kind of think this is going to be the case. They pull away in the third quarter and it's like 31 16. And then Jacksonville just like slaps a touchdown in there with like two minutes to go. And you know, the chiefs have to basically recover an onside kick. Um, I think they win by the and Josh was saying forecast. Uh it's gonna be clear, but it's gonna be cold. It's gonna make 40 degrees. So I, I think the Chiefs win. I think it's a game where Jacksonville's always like somewhat in it, but you never are like really threatened in the second half. Yeah. Uh so give me give me 31-23 KC. I'll take it. Uh I got it Chiefs 27, Jaguars 23. I actually have it close. Um okay. yeah, just I think the Jaguars have enough weapons with ETN that I just think they're. I just think it's going to be one of those annoying games. It's a one o'clock kick. They've got a talent. They've got a good head coach. They got a pretty, pretty decent quarterback. I just think it's going to be one of those annoying pesky games where the Chiefs have some drives or they go three and out and they give up a big run to ETN. Everybody's frustrated and people on Twitter are losing their mind. And then you know it's close for a while and, and then Mahomes you know marches them down and they've got like a ten point lead in the fourth quarter and. The Jaguars may get close, but uh, I think I think we'll be okay midway through the fourth. The Chiefs will be fine, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope you know the Chiefs have had these games where, when they come off one of these hard fought games, they steamroll somebody. So hopefully this is this is a steamroll game where it they just be. come out and they take care of business. It might be. Um, by the way, last little note that I think is just really interesting. Uh, I said this earlier on the earlier show with, with Ben Heisler, which I would encourage everybody to join and listen into, which on Thursdays uh, at, at 11 o'clock Central. The Chiefs made the big Tyreek Hill trade this offseason, and everybody kind of talked about, like, well, who's this going to hurt more, Tyreek or Patrick Mahomes? Are they going to be the same? Are they going to be worse? Whatever. Tyreek Hill is on pace to shatter the all-time single-season receiving yardage record. Conversely, Patrick Mahomes is on pace to shatter the all-time passing yardage record. Turns out, both guys, pretty good. 
Pretty good. Pretty good. I saw that. Today. I was looking at that. I'm like, that's unbelievable. <laughs> like Hill's having the best year of his career. Yeah. Mahomes might be having the best year of his career. I good for both guys. Do you think Tyree can keep it up? I mean, the pace is ridiculous. I don't know if he's going to break the record, but I I mean, I wouldn't bet against him. I'll tell you that much. Like they he's going to have 200 targets this year. Yeah. I mean, they are just beating the hell out of him right now. I honestly, I real I genuinely feel this way. I I think it's great for both sides. I do. Like Tyreek clearly wanted to be the guy, like who he was going to be the guy. And it wasn't going to be him and Kelsey. It was going to be the guy. And you know what? The Chiefs trade away a guy who might have 2,000 yards receiving this year. And I'll be damned. Like they're more efficient offensively. I, I don't know how it's even possible, but they are. A big part of that is Juju Smith Schuster, who has been fantastic, who's on pace for almost 1,300 yards. MBS for his hot and cold nature is on pace for like 800. They have been fine. It hasn't it hasn't impacted them. And I, I you know Smith Schuster is not Tyree Kill, but if you're the Chiefs, like would you take trading Tyreek away for five picks and Juju Smith Schuster and MVS and a ton of cap space? You probably would. So yeah. I I mean I think it's worked out for both, and I think that's cool to see Tyreek having an unbelievable year in Miami. Mahomes is having an unbelievable year in Kansas City. Both teams have uh, playoff aspirations and, and and maybe even deep runs ahead of them. I'll tell you what, they are playing a playoff game. That is going to be bonkers if those yeah. two teams get together in the postseason. So just something to keep yeah. in mind. But um, we'll see. I just think it was. I just think it's interesting that both guys on pace for record-setting seasons after being separated. Yeah, it's very uh, it's it's very good trade for both teams. I I don't think Tyreek's gonna be able to keep that up. I but but they are force feeding him the ball. So if he stays healthy, you know he's getting a lot there. It's a little bit of a different offense than what the Chiefs did. And I think another thing that you got to look at with the Chiefs is Mahomes has improved a little bit. He learned a lot from last year and the way that sure. defense has played him. Um, and so he stays in the pocket a little more. He climbs the pocket and he plays in a different uh, offense now. And Mahomes getting better should be a scary thing for the rest of the NFL. All right, everybody, we got to get out of here. So listen, um, again, we're going to be in Kansas City. If you weren't with us earlier in the podcast, we're going to be in Kansas City on December 11th in Kansas City, Kansas, just over the border, like four blocks across the border. Um, And we're going to be at Tanner's Bar and Grill. Details to come, but mark off December 11th, Sunday Night Football, Chiefs at Broncos. We're going to be in town. Me, Bird Ram, hopefully Connor, Sterling, drinking beer, hanging out with all of you. We can't wait to see you guys. Uh, This was a really fun show. Appreciate you all. Thanks to our members. Thanks to all the super chats and all the support. Thanks to you, Matt Verderam. Thanks to our producer, Richard. We will see you guys on Sunday. No pre-show. It's just a one o'clock game. Nothing crazy. We'll be here for the, uh, we'll probably do a halftime show. We always do um, for Chiefs Jaguars. And then we'll be there after the game uh, or maybe in the evening. I don't know if we've decided yet for the Chiefs uh, post-game show. Um, All right, everybody. Thank you so much for your support. We'll see you on Sunday. But until then, as always, go Chiefs.
This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.